Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey, welcome to this month's podcast. This is Dean. I'm so honored to having you join us. Please be sure and check out all of our resources at deanhawk.com that are of course, free to you as pastors and leaders to use in your community and in your church. And then also want to remind you of our Pastor 411. It's our information hotline that I'm making myself available free of charge. There's no cost, but just uh, connecting with pastors, helping, coaching, assisting, uh, walking you through situations, um, staffing, Leases. I'm not a. I'm not a attorney, but but just to kick ideas off, building A, building B. What should we do? If you just need an outside eye, I would love to help you guys and uh, invest back into you. Well, this month we are talking about influence, and we're talking about influence in the light of being cautious, being careful of how we use it. The simplest definition of leadership is influence. As pastors, God has positioned us to influence our neighborhoods, our cities, and counties with the good news of Jesus Christ. And as pastors, I believe that is our number one purpose, is to use our leadership influence to preach the good news of Jesus Christ and impact our communities with the love of God. Everything else must come behind that, or it will potentially limit us or hurt our influence for the kingdom of God. And so as leaders in the local church, we need to be cautious, careful how we exercise that influence. During COVID, we all experienced the reality of whichever way we turned or led, there was going to be 50% of our congregation that was frustrated with us or mad at us if we, you know, and so we couldn't even be neutral, you know, in the whole mask or no mask and, and church was open and are you making people wear masks? We just tried to stay neutral and we still had enemies against us. And so sometimes there's there's not a win, but flip side would be in the COVID crisis that I have my personal convictions and personal beliefs and personal thoughts and ideas about the vaccine, but I have people in my church that are very pro-vaccine, and I have people in my church that are very anti-vaccine. And so think in that very situation that that if I side in on a particular, if I use my leadership influence— as a pastor, that my number one influence is to put Jesus into people. If I pick pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, I've now just disenfranchised a major section of my church back in the day. And, And maybe I, because of that, I lost my Jesus influence, my kingdom influence. And so that's what I want to help you navigate today. And I want to give you some things to to think about and some some guidelines for influence on on how to be cautious in using that influence. Number one, we should avoid using our leadership influence for personal gain. That means um, I'm never going to borrow money from a church member 
or one of my church leaderships. I'm not going to use my position to gain me favor in in getting a, a loan and somebody lending me money. I'm not going to use my platform of leadership to what I would call spiking the punch by sharing publicly what I'm believing God for. So example, I, I play golf, I have golf clubs, I don't need any, but let's say I was you know, had an old set of golf clubs, you know, technology has, has changed over the years. And if I use my platform leadership influence to share, I'm believing God, I'm believing God for a new set. And I name of the Callaway golf clubs that I am believing God for, and I'm just trusting him in all honesty, I'm using my kingdom influence for personal gain. And I see and hear so many pastors stand up and they share their stories. I just, I just brought this before God, and I just shared. I honestly, this is my personal conviction, I believe sharing my personal needs from the platform is manipulation. And it's me using my influence for personal gain and hoping that by saying something, it will stir somebody's heart. That, man, I'm, I'm just believing God for an extra $100 for our vacation next week. I'm just trusting the Lord. Uh, why don't we keep that to ourselves? Why don't we, why don't we keep that? I know many pastors that um, work a full-time, full-time secular career on top of leading and pastoring their church. Maybe they work part-time. Maybe they have a side business. Maybe they, maybe they uh, have uh, some kind of uh, entrepreneurial kind of uh, a business that they do. Here's what I would say. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I never want to intersect my, my spiritual leadership and my business leadership. And specifically, I never want to use my spiritual influence and my spiritual leadership to gain me business or to gain me customers. And so uh, years, a couple decades ago, I'll just be honest, it was back in the 90s, there was a multi-level marketing thing that was going around and pretty much a high velocity, high, very high number of pastors and ministers were getting into this. And the, the pitch was, this is resources and income for the kingdom of God. This is God's blessings to come into the church. A lot of people made a lot of money. I don't, I don't discredit that. But I had friends. I had other people that came to me and said, Dean, let me put you in my downline. Dean, you don't have to do anything. Just let me put you in. I want you in on this. And maybe their heart was good and they wanted me to be blessed. But I also know this. They were wanting to use that my position as a leader in the church, my position as a pastor, that Dean is in this, they were going to use my spiritual God-given influence for business access and business gain. They were saying, here is the man of God, and he's in it, therefore you should be in it. And in the long run, it ended like most all of them do, that it, 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 it's, a, it's a money thing, and it comes down that it's not enough in it for everyone in the downline to get, and, and it diffuses, and, and some people get hurt, and some people, some people didn't get what they were promised to get. 
I have removed myself from that cross-section of life and ministry and leadership. And here's the key. I don't ever want people to wonder what the purpose of my call is when they see my name come up on the phone. Because if I've done a, hey, here's a little business deal, and hey, how's your your business going? You're now working for me. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing ministry and business. I'm not going to intersect that with my church members. I'm going to do that with the community. I hope that makes sense, and I hope you hear my heart. Number two, our goal is to advance the kingdom and not our own agenda. I believe it's an honor and a privilege to be a representative for the kingdom of heaven, to be God's spokesperson, to be God's mouthpiece. And our goal is to advance the kingdom and not our own personal agenda. What do I mean? Well, thirdly, thing I would say is be careful not to preach your personal convictions as gospel truth. And our excitement and in our fervor, sometimes we convey a personal conviction under the guise of a biblical mandate. And I love the words of Romans chapter 14. It says, accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Vegetarians are biblical. But here's what it is. As leaders, we have to take this to heart. This is written to the church. This is written to the everyday believer. But as church leaders, we have to take this to heart and even be more cautious than the average believer. Remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10. He said, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. And verse 24, he says, no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. And so we get into the whole, don't trip me up and causing a brother or sister to stumble. And I don't know, it's been in the last decade or so, there's been this thing among ministers and pastors and and who has the greatest liberty and 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 liberty to, you know, ha- pastors to sit around and and have beer and consume alcohol, pastors to sit around and and smoke cigars, pastors who uh, like using uh, curse words and they think it's cool and and those kinds of things. Well, I need to be cautious, and 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 I'm I'm not a part of any of those things, and that's between them and and their Lord and Savior what they choose and do. But here's the deal: I never want my liberties to become a hindrance. I never want where I feel no obligation. I can eat whatever meat. I never want to use the liberties that I have to cause somebody else to stumble, and so. Uh, I'm I I don't like alcohol. I don't hinder my staff from consuming alcohol, but we have agreed to not consume it in public. That we are we have uh, men and women in our church that are recovering alcoholics. We have men and women in our church that don't even realize they're an alcoholic yet, and they only would use 
seen us consume in a public place. They would only use that as a license that when their heart is convicting them, you need to lay this down, you need to give this up. Now they see me in public consuming just a, a, a an honest, simple glass of wine, which there is no there is no scriptural there is no scriptural reference that says that I can't do that. But yet if they saw me, would that then just work against what the Holy Spirit is saying on the inside of them? So it's a, it's a hill that I don't see I need to, to die on. It's not, it's not worth fighting for. In Romans chapter 14, going on in verse 3, it says, Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servant? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. So here's what I would challenge each one of us as leaders. We should be cautious that our personal liberty isn't used as a trap for others. So when we go back to the COVID vaccine, if I, let's just say I am anti-vaccine, and I, I have read the material, and I have listened to the podcast, and I have seen the scientific evidence. You can see it presented on both sides. Everyone says, we've got scientific evidence. But let's say I just took the, the anti-vaccine. And so I broadcast that using the God-given platform that he's given me, using that influence. How would I feel that if in that situation that someone heard me use that influence and they went, well, pastor's not getting the vaccine, therefore I'm not getting the vaccine, and maybe they were highly vulnerable, maybe they were highly susceptible, maybe the condition and the well-being of their body is way much, much different than mine, and they're actually a person that nine out of ten doctors would say, you need this. How would I feel if that person got COVID and ultimately ended up dying and their spouse says, yeah, they didn't want to get it because you said so. So I'm not trying to make us feel paranoid in the things we say. I'm just wanting us as leaders to really pause, to really think about that voicing our personal our personal convictions may hinder or negate our kingdom influence. Let me tell you a blooper that I did. It's probably been about uh, six, seven years ago here in Colorado, in Colorado Springs. We, uh, it was coming up in all the schools that we were having a measles outbreak. Well, we haven't had measles. I had measles as a kid back in the 60s. We haven't had measles outbreak in, in decades. But what was happening is parents that didn't uh, immunize their children for measles were becoming vulnerable, and, and there was an outbreak of measles, okay? I made a statement from the platform. From my God-given level, I made a statement that said, hey, there's a measles outbreak. You really should consider getting your kids uh, uh, vaccinated and immunized. Well, I had several families that believed that immunizations had caused their children's great harm, and they are anti-vaccine. And I, because of that one simple statement, I lost them as members 
I lost them. I lost my influence to invest and to teach the word of God. They left because of no other reason. And I don't blame them. I don't fault them. I fault myself. It wasn't something that I needed to use my spiritual heavenly influence about. Is that making sense? And then I just want to hit this one because it's October. We're heading into this political season right now, and things are warming up for 2024. But in the political arena, this has become one of the most toxic areas of church today around the United States of America. We no longer have churches divided by denominations. We no longer have churches divided by race, by white, Hispanic, or black churches. We now have red churches and blue churches. We have Democrat churches and Republican churches. Now, they don't advertise that, but by the stance that we as a leader will make, will identify us as one or the other or not as one. And people are now deciding where they're going to attend church based upon that church's political affiliation. And guys, um, I, I struggle with this. If God has given us the platform to put Jesus into people, I think we need to be careful, cautious, really process what we want to do and how we want to spend and utilize our influence. I ask you to pray. I ask you to say, what is the mission and the vision that God has given to me as a church? And here's where where I have wrestled. If I am a I am a conservative, I'll tell you as a pastor and a leader, I am a, a registered Republican. I am a highly conservative voter. But if I cast my <clears throat> strong beliefs, personal convictions, and 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 enter into this, I see that there are Democrats that are members in my church that they have an opposing view. And I have chosen to stay politically publicly, to stay politically neutral. Now, some of you, some of you, you're saying you're you're foolish. Some of you are saying you're crazy. And I respect that. I'm just challenging us as leaders to really access my heart, the thing that keeps me awake at night is that in my city, every single day, people die and some of them go to hell. And there is not an alternative. There is not a second chance. There is not another choice. They are doomed. Their destiny is sealed. And that bothers me. My number one passion and drive as a pastor in my city is to reach the lost, preach the good news of Jesus Christ, and fulfill the great commission of go into all the world and make disciples. And if I choose to get on the red wagon, or if I choose to get on the blue wagon, I am basically saying to hell with the other party who aren't saved. 
because they won't ever even embrace if someone invites them to my church, they'll never come because maybe I held political rallies at my church. They'll say, well, you're a red church, or they'll say you're a blue church. I would never go to a blue church. I'm a Democrat. I wouldn't go to that church because your pastor is this, that, or the other. And so I have chosen to stay neutral. You say, are you anti-politics? Are you anti-government? No. What we do, what we have chosen to do, is we have chosen to empower people. We have chosen to encourage them to vote and challenge them to consider running for, for school board, local office, to be engaged in their community, stand up for their rights, to exercise their vote, and that they need to vote. We will have voter registration campaigns. We release voter guides. We pray for the candidates. We pray for both candidates. We don't just pray for one party. Now, here's the extreme, pastors. In the uh, 2020 election, we put both of our presidential candidates up on our screen during our our prayer time, and we said, one of these two men is going to be our next president. Let's pray for a God move in both of their lives. Let's pray for God to surround them with godly men and women. Let's pray for voices of reason and wisdom to speak into their lives. And a person come up to me in the lobby, and he said, how dare you? I said, how dare I what? He said, how dare you pray for Biden? I said, excuse me? He said, I can't believe that you would pray for that man. And I said, my Bible says that we are called to pray for all leaders, not the leaders that align with ourselves, not the leaders that align with us. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He didn't say, follow me as a Jew. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Now, it's, it's the middle of October. Hopefully, as you're listening to this, when it just came out, it's the middle of October. Halloween is coming up. I have members in my church that have very strong and passionate beliefs. They believe that that Halloween is the devil's day. They believe that that Halloween is a satanic day. I have others that believe that it's no big deal, that it's it's people, my neighbors passing out candy. Oh, I don't have kids, so I don't have to decide anymore. Uh, I don't have any kids at home. I still have kids, but they're not at home. I don't have to decide this anymore. I'm not going to weigh in on one side or the other because it's not worth me sacrificing my spiritual leadership influence over a a common practice within our community, if that makes sense. So we must place a higher value upon unity than being right. And so my mission and highest priority is to fulfill the Great Commission. I choose to use my leadership first and foremost for kingdom purpose. And when it comes to politics, we're going we're gonna to encourage per- people to engage. We're going to encourage people to get involved. But during the political, political season uh, a number of years ago, I always take the approach when I see somebody new and they have our little gift bag, I always take the approach, well, you're new to the community. One of the things that I ran into on a very frequent basis is I would say, hey, are you new, are you new to Colorado Springs? They say, no, we're just looking for a new church home. I said, oh, okay, lots of great churches in the community. Um, so thankful to have you here. And then they, many dropped this statement. They said, we don't like being told who to vote for from the platform. 
And so leaders, I think we need to really assess how we use our influence. You pray, you seek your heart, you do what you feel. But the key for me is I never want to do anything that would hinder my leadership influence for God's kingdom and his word. I want to use my influence to help the kingdom and help people become more like Jesus. So as you go through your week this week, as you go through the next month, as you go through the next year, as we enter in full steam into the politics, just pray, just consider, how do I want to use and spend my influence? And the decision I'm about to make, will it enhance my leadership for the kingdom of heaven, or will it hinder my leadership influence? And then bottom line, hey, let's love, let's choose to love. I have pastor friends here in town that have chosen to be highly involved politically. And I love them. They love me. We love and respect each other. And it's just different strokes for different folks. I today just want to make you think, ponder, and you follow what's in your heart. God bless you guys. We will see you next month. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.